Okay, welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Oh, shit, I'm on the wrong tab. Are we recording? Yes, we are. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've had a fucking hell of a week. I had a lifelong friend um, who was missing for three days, uh, was found in a park, dead, uh, two nights ago, and um, no foul play. Didn't seem like it was suicide. She didn't do hard drugs or anything. Um, but the the theory we have is, you know, she did take some things like Xanax uh, and they found her kind of by the riverbed. So they think that she, my theory is that it was a spot she'd walk to, to be alone many times before. And if she had taken too many pills that she may have been delirious or just disoriented and walked out there in the middle of the night and just sat down and fell asleep. I heard that she wasn't sleeping well lately uh, and, and just froze to death. So that was pretty awful to hear. Um, and in trying to reach out to people and let people know, I found out about like uh, multiple other people that were in sort of the larger group network of people that I know uh, in my hometown who have also recently perished through uh, strange <laughs> circumstances. Sometimes, you know, one of them was pretty obviously how he killed himself and they did it. The other one was really shady and it's just like, what the fuck is going on? Everyone's dropping like flies. Uh, so just finding out all those, like three, three people I know, one I was very close with um, most of my life, all in the same day was extremely emotionally exhausting to me. I don't get real sad about losing a friend. Cause that's just life is like that. People die, but all of it at once was more than I could handle. You know, you think about learning about deaths of three people in your life all in the same day that were totally unrelated. You just didn't know that they had happened. Cause you know, word didn't get back to you, like what that would feel like, you know? So that's, yeah. I- I'm doing better. Okay. Uh, we have on-site, counselors where I work, which is great. I think every big business should have that for their employees. Uh, and, and you have confidentiality with them. They're like, they are licensed therapists, right? Uh, so the first thing I did today when I went into work was I, I went and talked to mine. I was like, look, I'm not processing any kind of feelings of sadness right now. And I'm worried that it's all going to come out as anger if something sets me off. Right. So I just, I need to talk to you <laughs> to, to kind of let this all out, to say it, to verbalize it and kind of, uh, you know, just, this is an experience I've never had quite like this before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we talked a little bit about it a little bit off air, but hopefully, uh, things go better uh, from here on out and that doesn't happen. Yeah. Hopefully uh, people just stop, need to stop dying. Nobody die anymore. And yeah, the world no, will be a better place cool. if everyone lived forever. Yeah. No, that was, <laughs> well, no, that's be, so not true. That's, that's definitely be, not true. Yep. No, that would be nonstop or, uh, if that was the case, but, and then, like uh, the worst people in the world would would live forever, like Meghan McCain and uh, Diane Feinstein, oh, and God, at all. Damn. Do you see Barry Weiss is going to be on the View now? Oh, oh yeah. well, I th- so I think oh. it was a co- it, like it's like a guest co-host, so probably just for oh, the week, I know, but, but even but once is too much. Like- yeah. And then of course Megan McCain is cheering on Twitter about it. Like, you fucking pit. Yeah, my first my first tweet to Barry Weiss about it was like, Oh, you gonna talk about how uh, mass murder Netanyahu is getting indicted for fraud now? You wanna talk about that, Barry Weiss? Um that's actually something I didn't even add to the rundown, but that was interesting. That broke today. Uh Netanyahu is actually being charged by the attorney general in Israel uh with uh fraud and corruption, uh, which yeah. is amazing. He I, he's he maybe is one of the only sitting 
uh, world leaders to have ever be indicted for fraud and corruption charges while in office. Oh, like, well, the, the guy thing. who the guy who um, Bolsonaro got kicked out of Brazil, who was the president, same you thing. Know, yeah, that, that was times. a bunch of yeah. Yeah, but typically but it, the right right wing, you know, coup, you know, soft coup operations are the ones who actually do that to non corrupt individuals. It's not it's not very often that you actually see someone who's so right. obviously corrupt be actually held accountable while in Still, office. It's like Netanyahu getting getting charged with fraud. You know, it's like handing out speeding tickets at the any 500. It's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, it's just the, the mountain of, of child corpses that you couldn't get him oh, on he's that. he's a fucking genocidal maniac. Yeah. I mean, that the UN actually just released a human rights uh, report today. The UN Human Rights Council, rather, uh, d- uh, suggested that Israel could be brought up on war crimes charges for the uh, return march back uh, last year where they killed 185 uh, Palestinian citizens, civilians, yeah. uh, including <clears throat> journalists, uh, medics, and 35 children. So yeah, I always hate those UN reports because they're always just, it's always like they may have committed war crimes. It's like, <laughs> what, did, did you do a report or not? What's the conclusion is not they may have done something. The conclusion is, well, we, we think they may have done it. So let's do the report and find out and study what happened and, and come to a conclusion. The conclusion should not be maybe yes or no the, the conclusion is we studied the fucking footage of what happened and yes they fucking murdered children there's no this, this fucking I, I think, sniper no and i agree i i think the reason they write it that way is for legal reasons it's kind of like saying allegedly you know but, but we know what fucking happened i mean everyone, anyone with two eyes knows what the fuck happened you can't sue the un i mean <laughs> it is uh, or it isn't yeah i don't know I, I just don't know what kind of standard they're held to or what what that if that reports you know what i mean because it could be brought up for criminal charges at the hague and then right you know, then it becomes so I, who knows you know i don't know how that works well and then the people who actually write those reports have to put their name on it right and yeah. you know any anytime somebody has put their name on a report obviously they're report, an anti-semite i assume it's it's like they get fucking blacklisted immediately there was a woman that did a report saying that Palestine or uh, you know Israel committed war crimes against Palestine and immediately like she got like you know because you do UN stuff but then you have another career you're not just like you don't just work for the UN you're set on some kind of UN human rights commission but you have another dignitary function that where you actually get your paycheck from right and it was like the instant she put out this report that was a UN human rights report like she got yanked off of her fucking position at whatever university she taught at so, like, I, I think that you're right. There, there is a liability there where the people that write the reports um, are afraid of the the backlash if they actually tell the truth about Israel's terrorist actions. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that situation. Hopefully he actually uh, faces charges, but probably not because, you know. <laughs> well, he hasn't been indicted. That means he's, he's facing mentioned- charges. No, I know, but I mean, I, I, I'd be shocked if he got convicted in a in an Israeli uh, court uh, system. But you know, I mean, who knows? The you know, the important thing is he's been indicted and he's up for re-election in April, and there's an actual right. chance that for once the far right uh, Likud party uh, might actually uh, suffer some defeats in 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 their parliament so i mean what, i always we'll think it sounds happens. like quaalude party i was just yeah, it was right. like you know maybe if you took some fucking quaaludes you could chill the fuck out and stop <laughs> bombing people 
Apparently, there's another f- party like even further to the right of them that exists. Oh, uh, I, I don't doubt it. I don't fucking doubt it. It's that that supposedly they had to like say like we can't be in coalition with you. You guys are too yeah. extreme even for us, which is hilarious. Did you ever see that Morgan Spurlock documentary? Uh, Where in the world is Osama bin Laden? No, I, I and you know I actually like some of his stuff. I should check that out. Really good. It's because it's not about Osama bin Laden. It's about going to the Middle East and all these countries and actually interviewing mm-hmm. people on the street and seeing what they're like, right? And this, yeah. I think, it came out just about actually about a, only about a year before we actually, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we got him uh, to Osama bin Laden. <laughs> but he goes all over the place, and people are so fucking friendly everywhere he goes. He went to. Uh, Iran, he went to Iraq, he went to Afghanistan, he went to Pakistan, went to Jordan, went to Syria. The only two countries where people were like trying to harass him on the street and Israel, Saudi Arabia, him. Israel, and Saudi Arabia. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, what, but that's that's weird, Comrade, because those are two allies in, in the region. So I would think they would wow. be. The, the most kind and, and hospitable to to uh, American uh, nope. journalists trying to you know uncover the truths of living conditions in those countries. I mean, it's if, if we it was seventy percent of dictatorships we support, and of course mm-hmm. th- those are those are all the right wing dictatorships. Uh, if they're yeah, left wing, communistic, well, that's I mean that's the weird thing is you know I I would say North Korea is definitely a dictatorship. Um, I would say you could. They're not. I mean, they're con- they're communist, but they're not. Yeah, but really. they're authoritarian. They're, they're so, I mean, they're not. Of course, they're state, of course. You know, state capitalists technically. Like same with Russia. Right. They call them com- They're state capitalists. They're not communists. But it's still. It's it's like they we're playing ball with them only because they have a nuclear deterrent, and they're mm-hmm. not stupid because they know that you know, Gaddafi got rid of the nukes, and what did we do? We stuck a fucking bayonet up his ass. Allegedly. <laughs> No, I know. Um, no, he, it's there, there's fucking no, video of it. It's horrifying. <laughs> no, I know. Marco Rubio fucking tweeted it out the other day, uh, to, uh, which yeah. was, you know, it's apparently not a violation of Twitter rules to threaten uh, Nicolas Maduro with uh, getting, you know, uh, brutally <sighs> murdered and raped by uh, his own, uh, for, uh, you know, army forces, which was what Marco <laughs> Rubio was calling for. You mean our own CIA funded um street yeah. mob yeah exactly yeah it's just disgusting yeah i mean we could we could talk all day about shit like that but yeah so uh you know uh, we'll see what happens with netanyahu i'm not not super high on uh the possibility of him him actually going to jail so but is hey, if he loses too, that'd be nice they're probably not the majority by any means but is there like a even remotely left-wing party it, it, in israel I mean, we've chatted about this a little on the show. There is, uh, and there's a there's a good opposition there, but I don't think that they have um, any sizable percentage of the vote share, and a lot of that has to do with, no. you know, but like we've talked about, you know, the indoctrination of um, of conscription. Like when you're forced to join the military mm-hmm. in your country as a young person, you are indoctrinated. They're tr- they're taught. They're 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 they have it drilled into their heads that Palestinians are animals. They're not humans. Like they're mm-hmm. less they're subhuman, you know, animals. And then and so I, you know I, I've heard a lot of people say that the young generation in Israel is further right than the Netanyahu. They're considerably far uh, further right than Netanyahu, um, which I mean is yeah. is terrifying. That's fucking terrifying for the lives of the Palestinians. Yeah. Well, and uh, it's 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 you know like. They're not a polarized country. Ninety percent of people in Israel 
90% of, of, you know, Israeli Jews support apartheid that think that the, the Arab Israelis already have too many rights there and want to go further with it. So it's just like, there's no, you know, there's that's not why a the two party state solution is bullshit and can never work. Like that's why you need a one part, a one state solution with equal rights. Cause if yeah. you allow them to continue to control, uh, uh, you know, a, a state, uh, and you know, it like not, not including any kind of Arab Israeli or, uh, uh, you know, Arab Israelis or any kind of Palestinian citizens, they're just going to continue to. Uh, right. And, and that's them. every time. Exactly. Every time somebody says I support a two state solution, they should be called out for uh, basically advocating Jim Crow segregation in Israel. Mm-hmm. Cause that's all it means. That's all it fucking means. And we got to stop letting them get away with that bullshit. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, uh, you know, obviously that's going on uh, in Israel, but here in the U.S., uh, we have uh, the 2020 presidential election uh, in in full swing. Uh, And, you know, we've we've seen these town halls that CNN has put on for Kamala Harris, uh, Amy Klobuchar. um, Oh, they were riveting, riveting riveting Amy Klobuchar. she took she took some time out of throwing uh, uh, office objects at her uh, staff to go answer some uh, curated questions, softball questions, salad uh, salad fork questions. Yeah, uh, and uh, of course, and they did one with Howard Schitz also. That was fun. Um, that you know, apparently the, the, the guy with less than you know no support uh, in in uh, America, but somehow he's worthy of a town hall just cause he has a billion dollars like Bernie's, you know, uh, we talked about. So, uh, I was surprised when they announced that they were going to be doing a town hall for Bernie Sanders. I was like, Oh wow. Maybe CNN, uh, is trying not to put their thumb on the scale for once. Uh, you know, maybe they're actually trying to be fair arbiters of this primary process and allow all, uh, politicians to have town halls now they haven't done one for Tulsi Gabbard or Elizabeth Warren or anyone like that but you know hey Bernie's obviously the most popular senator in America most popular politician in the country right now he's the front runner of the announced uh, candidates and so it makes sense that they would give him a town hall but what uh, I did not expect was that it would be uh, essentially a uh, David Brock style uh, hit job on Bernie Sanders. You where they really didn't expect that from CNN? No, you know, well, I, 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 I expected that to an extent. I didn't think they would be so brazen about it. Uh, so, you know, the questions were curated. Obviously, they're always curated. Um, but, you know, when you watch Kamala Harris's town hall, they ask her questions like, do you think the president of the United States is a racist? Oh, gee, what a, what a fucking hard-hitting question for a, a black candidate running for president of the United States against Donald fucking, there were good people on the Nazi sides, Trump. Like, what What, what kind of a, yeah, gee, what do you, th- what do you think her fucking answer is going to be? So I expected at least some fairness in terms of, like, they're not going to want to appear as biased as they, you know, would if they just slam Bernie with uh, smear questions the entire night. Yeah, and it, and it was definitely the entire night. It was after the first one, I was like, okay, I, I see what they're doing already. And, you know, and they're all, all the questions, almost all the questions were coming from people who look like they're in their 20s. They were all young millennials, right? And it's it, they were asking all these questions that clearly don't reflect the vast majority of millennial voters. 
Uh, and I'm just thinking like, what the, who the fuck are these kids? Where, where do they find all these little fucking, all these little, you know, uh, cops in training to ask questions to, to, you know, like the, even the, and every time that it was a, you know, it was like a total hit piece question and Bernie would, you know, answer it, but try to still talk about policy. Then Wolf Blitzer would sweep in and ask two follow-up questions in the vein of like the, you know, the, you know, oh, you didn't know about sexual assault happening in your campaign. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Hillary Clinton had fucking Harvey Weinstein working with her. Like, what the fuck are you? Hillary why? Clinton literally protected a sexual assaulter in her campaign in 2008. And got him a job working at Cap, where he continued to sexually har- uh, uh, harass people. So I didn't even want right. to fucking hear that. She, she knew so directly about this guy. There was, even know about um, this person. yeah. I mean, of course, the, 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 they're planted, right? And then people were, were, you know, I'm like, who the fuck are these kids? These are not normal children. Well, so I have these, are, these are like the, the David Hogs of the fucking planet. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And there was, I mean, there was no way I was like, there's no way these are normal people. These are all people from somewhere. Uh, and yeah, yeah. And that turned out like, I'm, I'm sure you're going to go into here that, you know, uh, several, several, at least one, if not several, uh, were actually working for DC lobbying firms. So I just want to read uh, a list of some of the participants uh, who asked questions, totally random, I'm sure, uh, questions. Oh, and by the way, before I even mention that, they had Bernie had to have his town hall in Washington, D.C., a.k.a. the epicenter of establishment groupthink. Like Amy Klobuchar, I forget where she had her, somewhere in the Midwest. Kamala Harris had hers in Iowa. Why the fuck would you put Bernie Sanders town hall in Washington, D.C., unless you wanted to curate questions from uh, people who you knew would smear him and buy into the narrative you were trying to craft? So, you know, it was a total fucking hit job from the beginning. Um, but let me let me read some of the uh, participants. And this is public information. They 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 identified themselves by name and location on CNN. I'm not doxing anybody because that was another ridiculous claim by centrists that people were all doxing these people. No, they used their full names on national television. Well, and just to speak uh, so, to that really yeah. quickly, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I know people that have been doxed and have had to move because of it, like because their lives were being threatened at the same time. So, it, you know. Aggregating public information with the intent to harm someone or alongside, you know, lies or threats about them could very well be considered doxing. Simply posting the public information that's already known without any kind of threat, without anything other than just, oh, hey, did you know this person actually uh, has a huge conflict of interest with who they, you know, with the question they're asking and their actual intent here um, is not doxing. That's that's just holding people accountable for who they actually represent when they ask those questions. Yeah. So uh, one person asked a question named Tara Ebersol and CNN identified her as a former biology professor. Oh, so I guess just, you know, regular run of the mill teacher. Uh, Turns out they didn't disclose that she is the chair, current chair of the Baltimore County Democratic Party. (laughs) But now she's just a former biology professor. Abina Abina McAllister identified as a mother of two. Uh, turns out Abina McAllister uh, is a uh, lifelong Democrat who uh, ran for Democratic Central Committee in Maryland. <laughs> um, right. Jacqueline Smith, who was identified as a circuit court clerk, uh, what was not identified was that she was a lawyer for Tim Kaine's uh, Senate campaign <laughs> in, in 2018. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Shoma, yeah, this is, this is no, yo, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I got more. I, this is crazy. Almost everyone asked him a question. 
Chioma uh, Iwoha, I, I butchered that. I apologize, although I don't because she's disingenuous, uh, was identified as uh, she works for a nonprofit organization. That's the entire uh, uh, <laughs> the, the thing that was. Which uh, one could it be? Oh, turns out it was the uh, DNC. And uh, she was also uh, running for the uh, at-large committee woman of the uh, D.C. Democratic State Committee. Right. Uh, Troy Dante Presswood uh, identified as a D.C. community leader. Um, What the fuck does that mean? That's not a community. (laughs) It's just not. He is a uh, ANC commissioner... uh, the advisory neighborhood commissioner uh, of the Ward County Democrats, uh, whatever the fuck that. I, I mean, all these. Yeah. Throw, throw, uh, Michelle Gregory. Oh, this is a great one. Michelle Gregory, Maryland voter. Uh, she <laughs> is the communications committee chair of the Lower Shore Progressive Caucus. Oh my god. Well, I mean, okay, that's not the worst one, but yeah, it, it's well, exa- it's like when they have these, you know, these people go on MSNBC to to say how glorious war is going to be and how wonderful it is and it just says ex general. It just yeah. says ex general. It doesn't say anything about like a currently lobbyist former for lobbyist for Raytheon, you know, they don't fucking say what they really do because, you know, we don't have any respect for lobbyists, but it's like, "Oh, ex general, well, thank you for your fucking service, you piece of shit." Uh, you know, so wait, it, these last a total fucking lie. These last two are the best ones. Uh, Shadi Nasib identified as a, as a uh, as as an American University student. Turns out, uh, Shadi is actually an intern at Cassidy Associates, one of the biggest lobbying firms oh. in the country. Total lobbying income of twelve million dollars. <laughs> And she was the um, one that asked she was the one who asked, yeah. sexual harassment question, which again is just like the most disingenuous thing. Like, Bernie, how can you be president if you're not clairvoyant? <laughs> you know, you know, and you like, know what about her is actually if you watch her listening to the answer, and I don't fully blame her. I'm sure she was sent there by this lobbying firm to ask this question. But yeah. as he's answering, she was like shaking her head and smiling, like, "Oh yeah, this is a good answer." Um, even though her question was super disingenuous. So I almost wonder if she even wanted to ask it or if it was just like, Hey, go ask this question. Oh yeah. You're an intern. You want, you're an intern. You go ask this, the smear question. Maybe we'll start paying you. Yeah. Uh, and then the final one, uh, Yun Jing. So, uh, was a, identified as a George Washington university student. Uh, turns out, she is a uh, intern at Katz uh, Watson, uh, the Katz Watson Group, uh, which uh, since 1999, the Katz Watson Group has provided expert fundraising and consulting uh, services to political candidates at all levels of the ballot. So one of the biggest consulting firms in D.C. Right. And that's where the money is, the consulting. I mean, the lobbying is there, but people don't realize how much consulting is its own industry. Um, and, you know, a lot of times it, it, it's almost the same thing in a lot of cases, but, uh, you know, lobbyists don't usually work directly with campaigns as much as consultants do where consultants, you might be, you know, you might, if you're like a real kingmaker consultant who are the, you know, the, basically the strategist of a campaign, even if you're not really working on the ground in the campaign, you might pull in $200,000 a month. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's the biggest racket in all of politics. I mean, they, they, the, the, the people, uh, I almost commend them for their balls. The people that are consulting for Howard Schultz right now, because they convinced this billionaire to give them millions of dollars to run a <laughs> campaign where he's going to get about 1% of the vote. It, I mean, they, 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 how, how hard do you think it really is so strong? 
Uh, absolutely. But I mean, how hard do you think it is to, to massage the ego of, oh, a, of a multi-billionaire where it's like, oh, sir, you're doing great. Your people love you. Your money's doing wonderful. Just it's it's your time, sir. Really? You think well, so? Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll be great. You'll be great. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, and honestly, they're the thing that that modern day media and like the fact that we get to hear from all these people all the time is shown is that billionaires are generally not that smart. Most of them are pretty undeserving. Uh, well, I mean, of course they're all undeserving of their wealth at that level of wealth, but when you actually hear them talk, they're not that smart. Like Howard Schultz is, is legitimately like a, a person of average intelligence. Like he's not a fucking smart guy coupled with the fact that he's been a billionaire so long that he has no, concept of what a real person deals with or what real struggles are like it's like these people are fucking they're a bunch of Krasenstein brothers like they're a bunch of morons they're a bunch of fucking chuckleheads oh, who have no idea what goes on in the real world so it's like i don't i, I yeah consultants to them they're they're fucking cash cows i mean bernie we, we played that clip last week where bernie was like look you know uh with all due respect to mr schultz i uh i, I know uh, dozens of people who make forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, uh, who, with all due respect, uh, know a hell of a lot more about politics than Mr. Schultz does. Uh, I, you know, you, you, the only reason you're uh, playing uh, something he said is because he's a billionaire. Uh, but well, it's true, it's right? Like- it's it's like the the guy that uh, Michael Moore interviews in 1988, Roger and me, who was about to get laid off from the whatever plant it was, and the guy's making, I think, like. $15,000 a year, which at the, t- I mean, that's, that's nothing, but that would have been a union wage back in the eighties. Uh, and he's yeah. bas- basically predicting based on all the downsizing and layoffs of the eighties, Reaganomics that, you know, the, the economy is going to tank because no one has enough money to, there, there's going to be no disposable income. And it's like, if this fucking guy who only makes 15 grand a year can accurately yeah. predict the economy for the next 40 years, uh, why isn't he on CNBC? Why is it that fucking crazy bald fucker who, uh, you know, said, oh, there's no way you could have predicted the collapse of the housing market in 2000. Yeah, exactly. Like, how does that guy get paid millions of dollars to be wrong all the time Did about ever, the economy? Uh, you know, you and of course, when John Stewart the, fucking destroyed that guy to his face about what, um, what a, yeah, I think, I think so. I don't remember exactly, garbage but, he is and how he defrauded yeah. people of all their life savings. Cause he's, you yeah. Know, yeah. If I ever had a, a, a billion dollars, I would make a network and it would only be talking heads of people who made less than 20, like, you know, 20 to $30,000 a year. I'd just be like, you know what you get, you get to go come on and you're only going to get paid a little bit more. I'm not going to like make you rich. And then now you only care about rich people. It would just be a bunch of people, regular poor people, people have been laid off. And it's like, here, you go be the panel and you're going to be broadcast to as, as many people as all these other fucking piece of shit networks. And I, I got to tell you, you'd be assassinated almost immediately. <laughs> if you this, but it's a nice thought. There'd be no ads for cars, no ads for Boeing. It would just be ads for fucking vegan smoothies and twin bicycles and fucking recycling shit and yeah, yeah. And clothing <laughs> it would be a it would just burn through that billion dollars in about five years and you have no money left exactly well hey you know um, never know um and sex yeah, toys so- we would have advertisements for sex toys on prime time god lots damn it of, lots of mad lots there's, of uh, adam and eve ads there's my know? fucking socialist utopia is sex ads on prime time <laughs> Oh, God. Um, so, but, you know, 
all that being said, and all the 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 really underhanded, disingenuous tactics. I mean, which really almost rival their the 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 Donna Brazil passing questions for Hillary Clinton, you know, prior to the CNN debates, in terms of their uh, just underhandedness. Um, for all of that, he still, I thought, fucking killed it. I mean, he, he largely had great answers to all of their questions. You know, uh, you know, he came prepared. He knew that they were going to ask all these really uh disingenuously framed questions but i was very satisfied with his answers and i thought you know he he deftly maneuvered around that and still managed to push non-stop policy um, yeah he definitely like, i think the questions were definitely designed to irritate him and when he could tell it was sure, you know the fix was in he definitely got a bit more testy than i would have liked to see because that's of course the one way that people can be like oh he's, he's grumpy i don't like his temperament and he kind of they you could tell they were trying to draw that out of him which mm-hmm. which oh, i didn't yeah. like because he kind of got off his game a little bit in that respect because you know thoughtful professor bernie is the most compelling bernie um i don't mind seeing bernie get get hostile <laughs> you know i don't mind it one bit but i know that when they're trying to draw it out of him and he does it it means that he's he's not quite where he should be yeah, well, I mean, ideally, the 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 you know the two Bernies that are that are at their at the peak of their powers are the Noam Chomsky, you know, like professorial Bernie that you were talking about, and the uh, giving giving a stump speech, you know, animated but not a- angry, just very you know excitable Bernie. Those are the two Bernies where he's like in his fucking zone. Oh yeah, and of course they got the black guy to say to ask, "Well, it looks like you're not doing good with uh black voters. What are you going to do to reach out to da da da?" And then he also There's said a large distrust for you in the black community, which is just not true. I mean, it's especially it's amongst people that guy's age who asked the fucking question. So he can combine that question with saying, uh, "What do you do about that?" and also the fact that you didn't do anything for Hillary. And he got really pissed at that question. And he said, first of all, I reject the notion that I didn't, uh, you know, help Hillary Clinton when the time came. I ran all over this country, da, 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 da. But it's like he couldn't say to that guy's face, I reject the notion that I'm not popular. Because we all know that that's what he was really well, then they would have, saying. And they would have said was, to him, oh, look how out of touch no, Bernie of is citing but, poll numbers. That was, that was designed for him to say that. Right. So he, he didn't fall for that trap. But it was the way he said, I reject the notion that I didn't do enough to help Hillary Clinton was sort of a he was he couldn't say what he wanted to say. So he focused on that part of the question instead. But you know that that's what he wanted to. But you could tell that he could see the bait and didn't want to take it. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. And that's that's going to be the move of the establishment. This go around is to pit uh, black voters against uh the the rest of the left at large and pretend that bernie doesn't care about their concerns and talk about things that are polarizing issues rather than talking about uh these social programs that bernie well, wants to institute that'll and, help 100 percent exactly of and that's that's why they're more. trying to make the uh reparations a wedge issue all of a sudden because they're like oh bernie said one time you didn't support reparations well let's try to make all the other candidates say they support it now so he'll look out of touch like he doesn't care about black people when literally none of them have said like elizabeth warren and kamala harris said that they support it but then they didn't give a single piece of policy that they would do to enact any kind of reparations no because uh, they know they'll never be held to have to do it the way that, that they're going to try to hold bernie to it you know and it's you know and, and i said this a bunch of times this week on twitter it's like having a a, a fundamental change 
to a, a racially unjust economic system is reparations. Like, like it, they, they think that, you know, it's like CNN or Wolf Blitzer thinks that reparations should just be like the Bush tax cut where every American got a check for $300 once, you know, like that's not going to fucking change it. That doesn't repair anything. The idea of a reparation is that you're repairing something that has been unjust for a long Systematic time. inequality. Right. Yeah. So uh, should every black American in America, like, you know, get a big fucking check? Uh, I think so. Sure. Why the fuck not? I, I mean, we've done it with other groups of people that were marginalized. Other countries have done it. Uh, yeah. It, you know, there's no reason we couldn't do that. But that's not going to change someone's lot in life very long. You know, having a, a, a minimum wage be a living wage would. Having free college would. Having universal health care would. That, those programs would be reparations for the people who have been disenfranchised the most and the longest. And I think people also need to realize that Bernie's running for president of the United States. And to say, to come out and make reparations one of your platform planks is political suicide. You will never win elected office in this country. And I, and I know people are going to be like, oh, you, they, blah, 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 you're a racist white. No, it's fuck. They did a poll. 75% of the country does not support reparations. I mean, it is a minuscule. Uh, issue in terms of its support. And I agree with you. I totally would support it. And I think it would be a fair um, adjudication of, of a massive, uh, one of the biggest, you know, injustices in, in human history. That being said, it's not an issue that you're going to win on in terms of messaging. And it's what it's sure. going to do is give the, the right wing all the ammunition they need to turn centrist voters off against you, to turn independent voters who maybe normally would be on your side the, uh, you know, the the poor uh, working class uh, white voters and, and Hispanic voters and any, anyone who's not uh, an ADO, you know, a descendant well, of a slave, w w that would that that you're pitting you're pitting them. You're pitting poor people of every other color against poor black people. And it's not helpful to anybody because you're just not going to I just think it's a it's a really I, I disagree that we shouldn't do a thing that's right because of how bad people would perceive it. No, that's what I'm saying. I but would I still think it. that if you want to have a long-term re reparation of an unjust system, you know, trying to do something that is going to help the people most disadvantaged or the being who've been the most marginalized is the way to do it. And you sell it yeah. as, as a system change. You don't say, well, we're just going to uh, swing the pendulum the other way for only certain people. You say, no, you're, we're going to make it more just for everyone, which will automatically help those people who've been disenfranchised. Exactly. I mean, because they're, they're, you know, the, the African-American community has been the most affected by income inequality over the last, uh, you know, I forget the exact stat, but I think it's something like 90% of all uh, black wealth was lost in the, in the economic uh, downturn. In no, it wasn't that much. It was about 50%. And most of that was the loss of equity in housing, where the yeah. people, these they still have their home. Or maybe they were 90%. Effect. It was it, there was some crazy stat like that, that could be too. Yeah. Well, you know, like we've I've talked about the the housing crisis in Detroit that never went away. It's just getting worse since two thousand eight, and it wasn't like yeah. this. People think that Detroit's always been like this since the sixties. That's not true. Uh, since two thousand eight, it is when the real crisis has has really started in Detroit, where you have people that can't sell their homes because they you know they bought them for twenty. Thirty thousand uh, dollars, and their their um, appraised value is 
more than that, but their market value is like $5,000. Now, just the fact that in housing, you have a, a market value and appraised value that can be that different from each other shows that supply and demand has like nothing to do with fucking the fucking something. economy. It's entirely speculated. It's entirely speculated. And a speculated market is a monopoly. It totally is, right? And so when yeah. I talk to these people that say, well, the solution to rising rent is more condos, it's like, no, the solution is to fucking burn the condos to the fucking ground. Because you build a new condo, that jacks up the price of property everywhere for everyone, whether you live in that condo or not. So it, it's it's the total opposite. So um, I lost where we're at. <laughs> I totally lost my reparations. train of thought. Reparations, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think so I, I, I agree, and I'm not. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it just because it's not popular. Obviously, I don't think that. But I think uh, for this nearly 80 year old man running for president for what is going to be the absolute last chance that he has, it's not a really smart political calculation for him to say. I'm going to make reparations one of my core issues because that's immediately. Well, I, I thought he should have be- done a better job of saying what I was just saying, that his programs on his platform already would be the closest thing to a lasting reparation for people that have been, uh, you know, disadvantaged. Which is true. Economically. Yeah. Right. So I felt like his answer wasn't good because his answer was just like, well, they didn't define what it means. How do I know what it means? It's like, that's not a good answer, Bernie. Like you need to fucking flip the script on them and not come off as, as defensive and kind of make it a positive and say, look, this is, this is, this is what I'm already doing, you know? So to say, I don't support those things is not accurate. And and to be fair, what he said is correct. Also, nobody did define what it means, but it wasn't a great answer. No, but that's okay. Not every answer is going to be fucking perfect. I think considering all the completely bullshit well, the questions whole thing was a fucking, him, he yeah. did a very good job of, you know, catching it, it was, throwing it back. Yeah. It was a sneak. The whole thing was a sneak attack or, yeah. or an ambush, whatever the fuck you want to call it. So, yeah, that happened. Um, but but I thought overall he did well, and hopefully, you know, that'll that'll only help his standing that he managed to weather the storm of the completely biased and stacked questions and still uh, give substantive policy answers. So that wasn't the only smear of uh, Bernie Sanders this week. Obviously, the Clinton. Uh, media machine has been in full swing uh since bernie announced doing everything that they can to smear him uh and really just throw disingenuous attack after disingenuous attack so the latest uh piece of bullshit journalism uh in politico uh politico wrote an article uh ex-clinton staffers slam sanders over private jet flights the vermont senator's 2016 travel as a clinton surrogate became a running joke in the office um, so listen to the way this is framed in this opening paragraph mm-hmm. in his campaign launch video last week, Bernie Sanders singled out the fossil fuel industry for criticism, listing it among the special interests he planned to take on. But in the final months of the 2016 campaign, Sanders repeatedly requested and received the use of a carbon spewing private jet for himself and his traveling staff when he served as a surrogate campaigner for Hillary Clinton in the two years following the presidential election. Sanders continued to use frequent private jet travel, spending at least $342,000 on the flights. So on its face, you'd be like, oh, wow, that's kind of uh, hoity-toity. Why would Bernie want to do that? He's a man of the people. Why would he do that? Uh, When you read further, like 30 paragraphs into the article, uh, you realize that the reason he took private jet flights while he was a uh, Clinton surrogate was because he did, uh, I'm sorry, 38 events for her in 11 days including i think 11 stops in the last week of the campaign 
uh, in different cities all over the country, uh, different state, multiple states a day, uh, because she was such a fucking piss poor candidate that every time she showed her face, her fucking poll numbers would go down. So instead, she sent the most popular politician in America that she fucked over to go campaign for her. And in order to do that, to physically make it to all these stops, he needed to be shuttled around in a private jet because commercial travel would have just taken way too much time and he wouldn't have been able to get to all these campaigns. Sure. sure. So again, it's just it on her behalf. It's the contempt that people have for people that want to actually do good in the world. It's like, Oh, he didn't ride a bicycle from campaign to stop to campaign stop. What a hypocrite. You know, th- this was, well, this was the thing you see this with fucking Democrats all the time where it's like, well, if people, uh, if we want to have a thriving city, uh, and people like their fossil fuels, so we have to allow more uh, fossil fuel industry and terminals into our city. You know, it's like, no, you don't. No, you fucking don't. You can say no to that. You can say no to that. Even if people are still driving cars, you can say no to those industries setting up shop in your town. You know, and, and that's honestly like the 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 hatred that centers have for the left, the real left, and the way they show it. Is just it's it's not a cynicism from like a place of, well, the world's fucked up and I recognize it. It's a cynicism of being fine with how fuck, fucked up the world is and mocking people for not being perfect enough. But see, I, yeah, I agree that definitely. And that's certainly what you see out of people like Tucker Carlson who try to use that as a disingenuous smear. But this is the Clinton campaign deliberately writing a hatchet job in the media to the point where if you read even the a modicum of details, you're like, oh, my God, these people are the most disingenuous motherfuckers in the world. He was doing these campaign stops for fucking Hillary Clinton. You know, the person that keeps saying that Bernie didn't do anything to support her, even though he broke his fucking back campaigning all over the country for her after she screwed him in the primaries. Like, right. it's so it's so incredibly fucking disgusting that after he did everything he could to get her fucking elected because he actually has principles and didn't want to get Donald Trump elected, even though Hillary Clinton fucked him over. He still went and campaigned for her. And this is the fucking thanks he gets the fucking knife in the back from the Clinton. Team. Exactly. Yeah. Where, um, where was the thanks from Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama for Bernie personally organizing 170 rallies to save the ACA uh, a, a, about a quarter of which he attended personally. Oh, speaking of, speaking of which, and, and that 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 bit in the article about how he used the, the private jets two years after the campaign to the tune of three hundred forty-two thousand dollars, exclusively done to make campaign stops for Democrats running in the midterms. He doesn't take fucking private planes when he flies anywhere. The only time he takes private planes is when he needs to fly out to a, another state for a campaign rally and needs to fly back to D.C. Like to fucking do his job as day. a senator. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they just they hate who, what he's using it for, you know, that they, they hate him because he didn't use it enough. To, to help Hillary win when she had no fucking chance. Uh, and, and if he didn't do it, they would have fucking criticized him for that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he could have taken a private plane, but he's too, he's too uh, principled for that. Apparently. Oh, so he's he, not yeah. so principled that he won't take a private plane. Will he? So yeah, it's, these people are the scum of the fucking earth. They're the, the, the these Clinton operatives are the worst people in politics. No, no, they're, they're absolutely the worst. I, I have another, another terrible person. And we were going to wrap this in another section, but this is so. This is this is a guy I've never even heard of before. Apparently, he was a in Congress, and now he's running for president as uh, a Democrat. Of course, had a tweet and got thoroughly ratioed. 
uh, this week. He said, uh, the Green New Deal, is, as as is, has been proposed, is, is about as realistic as Trump saying Mexico is going to pay for the wall. Let's focus on what's possible, not what's impossible. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, so we have a mutual follower. That's, that's their mindset. Yeah, we have a mutual follower that responded to him and said, well, if you're focused only on things that are possible, why are you running for president? (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was good. But yeah, that's the fucking Democrat. The Democrats that are opposed to Green New Deal, the Democrats that are opposed to Medicare for All, the Democrats that think that uh, we're totally fine with 12 years left uh, left to write the worst you know, ecological catastrophe that we've ever seen in our lives, that that's okay, that that's just fine. That's this, that's too much saving the world. That's not realistic. Yeah, no, of course it's, it's totally unrealistic. So, uh, regarding that Politico story, the private jet story, uh, Fox news actually, uh, reached out. I'm sorry. No, Politico spoke out, but Fox news reported on it. So, uh, Bernie Sanders' 2016 presidential campaign spokesman uh, unloaded on Hillary Clinton and her team on Monday, calling them the, quote, biggest assholes in American politics after former members of Clinton cam- uh, Clinton's campaign leaked details this week about Sanders' use of private jets to attend campaign rallies on her behalf. Uh, speaking to Politico, the spokesman, Michael Briggs, proceeded to describe Clinton's staff as, quote, total ingrates given that Sanders claims he billed uh, the Clinton Cain uh, Clinton campaign for private air travel in order to attend events that he otherwise would have needed to skip. Uh, quote, you can see why there, uh, this is a great quote. You can see why she's one of the most disliked politicians in America. Briggs said, <laughs> referring to Clinton. Nice. She's not nice. Her people are not nice. He busted his uh, tail to fly all over the country to talk about why it made sense to elect Hillary Clinton. And the thanks that we get is uh, this kind of petty, stupid sniping a couple years after the fact. It doesn't make me feel good to feel this way, but they're some of the biggest assholes in American politics. So I I fully agree with Michael Briggs. It's but you know this is who they fucking are. What was his title again? He was a staffer for Bernie, or a uh... he was a spokesman. Yeah, he was he was he was was a paid staffer and a spokesman for Bernie during. Well, I'm glad he's not getting paid now. He can say what he really thinks. So, um, (laughs) yeah, no, that was that's good. But I mean, just it, it's fucking so disgusting. And, you know, it's we're going to be talking about five of these every week uh, in the lead up to 2020. So everyone buckle up because uh, it's going to be super fun to talk about all this disingenuous bullshit. Um, well, speaking of disingenuous smears or uh, criticisms, uh, AOC was in the news again this week uh, because she is uh, she get, paying she, her. She, yeah, she took a week off to let Bernie announce. And now she's like, no, I'm <laughs> back. It's I'm the fucking boss. I'm the boss. Did you hear her comments so, about that? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I saw one of her comments about that. But no, the, the big one of the big things this week was uh, she announced that she was going to be paying her staff a living wage, uh, which, according to Fox News, is the definition of socialism and communism. So uh I guess that's fine if you want to message that. Uh, if you want to, de- if if your message, Fox News, is that paying everyone a living wage is the definition of socialism and communism, then fucking have at it because uh, that's a fight. I'm pretty sure that we can win with the majority of Americans. I mean, it, it, just just wait till there's people. You know the, the 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 people that think that like Mexicans stole their job that are like, yeah, well now the only real patriotism is not having any job at all. So <laughs> thank you, legal immigrants, because I don't want none of that communism where people work and then get paid a living wage. Not for me. <laughs> Pay me nothing. So she, an- <laughs> she announced uh, none of her uh, full time staffers are going to make less than fifty one thousand a year or whatever it was, which is. 
a lot of money, but actually it's not a ton of money if you're living not in, in DC. DC. Nope. <laughs> it, it, it's that's probably the equivalent that's of about the, yeah. twenty five, thirty thousand in most other places. Oh, you know? that's still fifty thousand in a city like Seattle or DC or Portland or New York City. That's still it's rent- borderline. You that, can't yeah, even afford that. You're still renting bedroom. a studio apartment at that point. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you know, that's awesome that she's doing that. She's got the, probably the highest and you, and every congressional staffer has a, a set amount of money that they can allocate for funds. And usually what they do is they pay their chief of staff hundred or $150,000 a year and they pay all the rest of their staff, you know, 20, 30, to, totally unlivable right. wages. But right. She decided to be more equitable and her chief of staff, uh, Shoykat Chakrabarty, who is one of the founders of justice Democrats actually, uh, wanted to be equitable with the rest of the staff and said, look, I'll take a lot less money, make sure everyone has enough money to, to, you know, yeah. be able to afford a living, well, which is it's, fucking it's, great. It's like you look at all the, the transit operations around the country where you've got uh, 60 administrator positions that all pay between 200,000 and $600,000 a year. And they say, Oh, we have no money to, to have more frequent bus service. It's like, because you're spending, 50% of the fucking transit budget on people who are coming from the private sector who have never taken the bus in their life and they expect to be paid like a fucking CEO. Fuck that. That that's fucking mm-hmm. austerity. You know, and you say, well, why yeah. don't more people take transit? It's like, cause you're spending all the fucking money on people getting rich, being the boss instead of paying people to do the work. Enough transit services and all the transit services are falling the fuck apart because you don't put the money in the right, right. place. There's no money for capital investments. If, if all the budget is going to, you know, to hire, uh, so they'll do this, they'll do this shit where the, the, the transit, uh, you know, organization, usually it's like a nonprofit corporation will to to fight their own union of of train and uh, rail and bus operators will hire someone and pay them half a million dollars to fight an anti-union campaign right so it's like (laughs) that's our fucking money that's the taxpayers money going to fund someone to union bust yep andrew cromo fucking loves those people (laughs) by the way by the way, did you, real quick, it's off topic, but did you see him groveling to, uh, apparently he called Jeff Bezos groveling to try to get him to reconsider oh, uh, pulling the uh, out of deal? <laughs> it was probably, he was it's like, hey, you know, being bald is such a bad look. You look all right. You're a bit, Jeff Bezos, please reconsider yeah. your proposal. To He's such a fucking, oh God, I can't stand, he's. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, it, you know, it's hilarious. And I love, I, I, I don't know if you saw the, the, the four or five minute clip of uh, AOC on this, you know, another, another committee she's on talking about, you know, just economic, credit rating, credit ratings and everything. And it's like every people that say, well, the, the left socialists don't understand how economics work. They don't understand real estate. They don't understand banking. It's like, no, 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 we do. It's just that we're opposed to that way that works. Right. You see, there's a difference. We're there. opposed to conventional thinking of, of all of these institutions. Right. So and then you, you see her talking yeah. about it. It's like she knows exactly what she what she knows. She knows what we know. Uh, and she knows how to ask the question where the answer is so apparent to educate anyone watching that, where they're like, holy shit, it's been this corrupt all this time. And I had no idea. Mm-hmm. All she had to do was yeah. was figure out how to, you know, ask a leading question. So when she did that 60 Minutes interview with with. Uh, uh, Whitey McCornbread. What the fuck is his name? Anderson Cooper. Yeah, here we go. Uh, and, and he's like, do you do you think your enemies underestimate you? And she's like, that's what I'm hoping. That's how I won my primary. <laughs> she's all like just glowing <laughs> with delight. And that's what she's talking about is like she's she is smarter than anyone else in the fucking room and knows how to 
just how to phrase a question so that the only possible answer is one where everyone goes, holy shit, look at how bad it's been and look at how normal bad has been. She, you know, and she also, and it never really even occurred to me until now, but now that you're d- describing the way she, she operates, she gives off that like really like awesome elementary school teacher vibe where it like, you know, you, you have that like one favorite teacher from like elementary or middle school who yeah. was really cool, but also taught you a bunch of shit in a really simplistic way that you're like, oh my God, wow. I never thought about that. Like she, I think in another life she would have made like an amazing teacher, but now, you know, we have her in an even better position where she can actually oh, did you affect see, real change uh, in society. She so. tweeted out yesterday that she considered going into law school, but now she's getting to learn about law uh, in, you know, in, she said in committee. And then she followed up with, oops, I meant on committee. <laughs> like she doesn't even, yeah, it's hilarious. It, it, just, uh, just all the different committees when you, when you see her, and uh, Alana uh, Preston, Ayanna Presley, 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 Ayanna Presley, yeah. Uh, and Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan, like when you see them all together, and you like all the photos of them, like together, their mm-hmm. looks on their faces. I've been just everyone has been loving that, obviously, because everyone sort of in in, in vibes their own um, or projects what they their feelings are into the looks on their faces. But it's clear from what the things they're saying, the looks on their faces are genuine <laughs> to to what their what yeah. their feelings are. Um, but just to see them together, you know, it's one thing to see them running. It's one thing to see them, you know, up on a stage, but to see them actually like on a committee to all together, shoulder to shoulder. Um, it, it's just, it, I don't want to say it brings a tear to my eye, but it's definitely like, no, it's, 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 it's really what inspiring. It, it could have always been yeah. this way. It could have always been this way. And imagine, you know, next go around when we get eight more in, in the house or 10 more and, you know, I, and keep adding people like that and keep primarying the Joe fucking shitbag oh, yeah. rallies of the world. And I just want to, you know, getting I want to see Rashida Tlaib keep making old white racists cry. <laughs> just want- <laughs> oh, my God. Mark Meadows was so fucking so just he melted like such a snowflake when she. Uh, brought up that he uh, clearly was using uh, one black woman that Donald Trump knew and didn't loathe. Yeah, it was uh, tokenism. To prove that Donald Trump tokenism. wasn't a racist. He's like, hey, uh, you know, it's super racist to bring a black woman and just be like, hey, Donald Trump isn't racist because here's a black person that he knows and has paid money to in the past. Right. I mean, it was so obviously was, disgusting yeah, and racist. And then on he doubled face. down on it and was like, but I've got, I've got nieces and nephews that are coloreds. You know, it's just. <laughs> you know, he, that's the same. he seriously was like, I have, I have nieces and nephews that are, that are, uh, that are black. It's like, okay, so your brother or sister married a black guy and literally you may not even speak to that person anymore but you're gonna cite that as like your 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 credentials for not being racist hey anthony listen if thomas jefferson could have illegitimate black children with his slaves (laughs) then how could any man be racist how could any white man be racist this is true this is true it's solved i think racism solved i think we can move on never talk about it again Um, you see how fucking fragile they are these, I mean, oh, I don't because well, they never have been challenged. That's so fucking pathetic. Is that the Democrats oh, have been so pathetic? They've never been stood up to the way Rashida Tlaib stood up to fucking Mark, you know, Cl- fucking Ku Klux Meadows in that one moment. <laughs> and right, and, and, and it's it's just this 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 white fragility you know i hate to use kind of sjw terms but he starts crying it's true he literally started crying the minute she fucking called him he was always being racist and it you know it's it's like that's all if that's all it takes to fucking break these people down and show what fucking whiny bitches they are keep fucking doing it 
Because, I mean, maybe, well, maybe just, we'll get to the place where it's like, I don't know, white men, they don't seem like they're emotionally stable enough for politics. <laughs> it's true. And and just for anyone that wants to give Mark Meadows the benefit of the doubt, in, 2000, in 2012, when he was stumping for Romney, he uh, talked about sending Obama back to Kenya or wherever he's from, just in case you weren't clear on who Mark Meadows is. Yeah, um, no, total, but, total yeah, fucking you know. birther racist. Yeah, so... Um, but, you know, speaking of AOC, there was another uh, piece of news. You know, obviously, we we touched on a little bit last week. I don't think we got into it too much uh, about the the right wing uh, Coast Guard uh, white white supremacist foiled terrorist plot. That guy that was a fucking lunatic whose brain was riddled with Fox News conspiracy theories and Alex Jones shit, and he was had like a kill list of all these critics of Trump. You know, Maxine Waters. We were all on that uh, kill list. Did you know he wanted to kill everyone in America? He he said that. Well, that's point. yes, that's also true. <laughs> I was like, whoa, yeah, he was, he was, it's a long fucking but, list, buddy. But he had he had people like uh, Richard Blumenthal, who he wrote as Richard Blumenjew, which I actually <laughs> I, it's super racist. But I almost giggled when I saw because it it's so just uh, like over the top racist. Right. You know? I, I just thought about like out, you know, Outback Steakhouse is Bloomin' Onion. So I, I don't. Well, I thought of I thought of uh, Wolf of Wall Street when John Barenthal calls uh, Jonah Hill uh, Jack Nickeljew because he's wearing like the. <laughs> This golfer, the sweet, he yeah. had like the as good as it gets yeah. look from like yeah um but no but yeah and he and aoc was one of the people that he targeted uh, or that was on his list um right. so you know she's already talked about the mental strain of having to deal with constant scrutiny and all these people trying to dox her and looking into all this shit and uh looking into her life and just you know really harassing her and new york post wrote this fucking disgusting article trying to smear her to just trying to basically basically make it so that she didn't live in the district. They were like, well, we, you know, she says she lives in, in her Queens district, but we have not, we have not been able to corroborate that she's been to her apartment in months. And sometimes the mailman says that months of bills pile up and, or months of uh, mail piles, like all this like anecdotal evidence where they talk to a bunch of right wing dickheads from, from, you know, Queens, uh, yeah, people that re- call reporting on, some, on where somebody's mail is, I'm pretty sure is a felony. Anything that that is related to your mail or oh, tampering they're, they're with like, your mail yeah. or questioning somebody about your mail and publishing the the what you were told, uh, that she should definitely. But of course, what they want it more than anything is for her to actually like sue them for libel. They would yeah, love nothing more than that. Would be like, oh, now we're fucking sued. We're we're the newspaper that AOE sued, you know, or AOC sued. Sorry. Um, and then they and then they talk about really uh, specific details about where she's living now in DC. They're like, well, she bought this swanky apartment where the rents start at this number, and there's Peloton exercise bikes in the workout room, and a infinity pool on the roof and it's in this neighborhood of and i'm not giving all the details because i don't want people to fucking even give this any but it's really specific to the point where i was like i could probably figure out where she lives within 20 minutes of like some googling based on this really detailed article and it's like what are you doing this for if not to have people fucking go and intimidate her or Maybe they want her to her respond arm. because they know that if she responds to it publicly, then that ups their their profile. And that's all it is. I mean, the, it, the guy that keeps following her around, taking pictures of her, uh, this this little fucking jack off right wing guy. He, it, yeah, I yeah, just knows like every time that she responds to him, he gets, you know, 10,000 more Twitter followers. That's all it is because these people have, cannot create anything of their own other than just to try to attack somebody for being good, for actually being good. 
and honest and genuine, not perfect, but um, that's all they have. And, and, and small people will always go after people who try to make a difference in the world and try to use their powers for good. You know, look at the fucking X-Men, yeah. right? <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm not excited yeah, about that no. new X-Men movie coming out. I'm just like, please, guys, you, you did Logan. You ended it. Don't do this anymore, <laughs> please. Just let I mean, this this whole this whole like new X-Men, like the first two I actually really enjoyed, uh, first class and days of futures past, but everything oh, beyond that's been, been a bit yeah, of a cinematic even abortion. Days of futures past was iffy for me. And then they did the one with it, it fucking yeah, Poe Dameron and the fuck. Yeah. Oh, apocalypse was the worst movie. Oh my yeah, God. This is just, it's, it's so like, bad. why, why can't, you know, Jennifer Lawrence just get out of the fucking contract. You hate it. Fucking Poe Dameron is fucking Ivan Ooze the entire movie. Just, you know, it's yeah. like this man is one of the best young actors in, in Hollywood. And you have him in this ridiculous fucking purple get. It, they it was, they, oh, they oh, sign oh, these contracts oh. three or four years before the fucking movie's going to come out. Then they get famous doing something good somewhere else. And they're like, yeah. oh, shit. I'm a, I'm a fucking astronaut, but I still have to be a babysitter movie. on the weekends. That's why there's that movie where like Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence did that really awful like indie movie after they both became huge with like uh, Silver Linings what? Playbook and all those other movies. Oh yeah, okay. There's I was gonna say because if you were gonna say that was like, the awful in, one, I'm like, no, Alexander no, 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 Payne did good. another movie. <laughs> they did another movie together, like that was like some indie movie that they had committed to, and it's like awful, and they were trying to get it yeah. like not to be released, like it just you know they're trying to buy the rights to it and not release it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. so anyone's still listening? Uh, we do have a movie podcast we do, and you can tell that we haven't done it for a while because we have all this like built up latent <laughs> urge to want to talk about films. So uh, if you, we'll if you like what you hear, episode. you want to hear movie reviews with a socialist angle, uh, check out our SoundCloud page. There's more there. If you're not, I think the last one we did was Vice, which seems like forever ago, yeah, but that still came really out good. and was thoroughly snubbed by uh, the Oscars, which I'm pissed about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any, any movie with any kind of decent uh, uh, message to it got snubbed by the Oscars in favor of uh, things that make uh, fragile old white people feel like they solve racism, Ugh. like Green Book. Yeah. You know? I feel like every other year for the last five years, Oscars has like, gotten the point and then fucking dropped the ball again. Like when. Well, it's the when the Academy Moonlight... voters are still fucking. Oh, I know. You know I know. Diane Moonlight... Feinstein's demo. Yeah. When Moonlight won, I was just fucking floored. Um, not because of the little gaffe that made it even more poetic justice, but just <laughs> oh, the that fact amazing. that like that was bar none the best film of the year. And there was a lot of good films here. That one was another on a level though. But the fact that that film was not like you watch it and you don't notice, you don't even notice there's no white people in that movie. Right. You don't feel like you're watching a black movie. You don't feel like you're watching a queer movie. You feel like you're just watching this, this amazing character study. Um, and then again, it's like, you know, when you have like a, you know, over time thing as well. It's like, eh, I don't really want to watch a time skip in here. And it just, it works so well. I, I, don't, I still don't even know if you've watched it yet. No, I, oh, we, we're yeah. going to watch that eventually for yeah. the movie review show. We got a bunch coming up and uh, we're going to do a uh, game of Thrones preview episode uh, before the season starts. Hell fucking yeah. Next, next few weeks or so, because I think the season <laughs> did, starts early. Did April. you see the guy on our Facebook page who uh, we have a Facebook page? Um, who, when I, I teased, yeah, when I posted the meme of AOC with wearing like the, the sleeveless sort of the thing. Yeah. yeah. And the, the quote about breaking the wheel and they're, you know, uh, there, I, I teased the idea of the, um, 
of the podcast and I said uh, left of the thrones dot 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 and one of the guys that comments on our Facebook stuff a lot was like dude you just made me look up a podcast that doesn't exist and I was like but it will <laughs> but it will <laughs> so uh, so if you're listening right now guy on Facebook I sorry I can't recall your name at the moment but uh, it, it is coming winter is coming well I was gonna, yeah goddamn uh yeah and it's gonna be left of the throne singular left of the throne i think gotcha okay yeah. Uh, yeah i'll be making art for it soon yeah well we'll see we'll see how it works but um yeah in any event we're gonna do it we'll do a preview episode just talking about what uh our thoughts on are on the series overall recapping a little bit of what the big storylines going into season eight the final season are and mm-hmm. things like that our predictions <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, but anyway. just real quick, I, I think the you know it's I don't I don't know if we've said this on the show or not, but the thing I like about it is that it's it's about people that are trying to change the world, right? It's not like Star Wars where like the the Empire is evil and everyone's trying to fight that, but they're not really trying to change like the general unethical nature of of the you know the baseline world of Star Wars that it's also really like shitty, right? Um, whereas in Game of Thrones, everyone is trying to break the wheel you know they're trying to bring about a better world uh i'll be or a worse world if you're like the night king or cersei lannister eh, <laughs> you know i think even cersei lannister at times when she fucking t- t- took out the fucking well let's, the, the, let's the, not the, let, yeah, we'll, we'll let's save not it. spoil we'll anything <laughs> yeah we'll save it for, we'll save it for the show for people to choose to listen but yeah no sure, check sure, that sure, out sure. We'll, we'll be releasing that soon and you, you uh, can tell we're chomping at the bit yeah no absolutely <laughs> waiting two so, years for this. um Speaking of a uh, thousand uh, year old uh, worlds, uh, Diane Feinstein's in the news again um, oh. for just an awesome reason. Yeah, speaking of the Night King. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God, speaking of what were those tree, what were the fucking uh, three eyed raven? I, I think she was probably a contemporary of the three eyed raven, you know, the old fucking ancient tree yeah. dweller. Yeah. Yeah. In the brain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, no. So uh, Diane Feinstein, um, is is awful she's a fucking conservative uh Mm. politician the fact that she calls herself a democrat's hilarious if you look at her record she's been um conservative and privileged from the day she was fucking born it's it's this myth that as long as you're a woman from california that you're progressive it's like have you been to orange county it's the most right-wing fucking racist county in the country Mm -hmm. (laughs) um you know feinstein back in in the in the 80s when she was mayor of san francisco would fucking fly the Confederate flag. Like I didn't I didn't know that San Francisco yeah. was part of the Confederacy, Diane. Yeah, no, literally they they sent troops to fight against the Confederacy before there was state. <laughs> um but she's such a right wing shitbag. And the reason she uh, uh, just a brief history on Diane Feinstein because I've done done a lot of reading about her. Um and I, I highly recommend uh uh there's a dollop uh episode, you know, Dave Anthony's podcast uh on Feinstein called Feinstein and the Flag, which is all about the Confederate flag uh kerfuffle, but it's also uh, a, a brief history of her political career. And she basically got her start in the eighties um, because, you know, she had a lot of rich contacts and she got put into positions she didn't deserve to get. Uh, and she was ready to quit politics, but that, um, but then uh, Dan White uh, ended up murdering uh, George Moscone and Harvey Milk. <sighs> Uh, and she de facto became the acting mayor because she was, I guess the third in line for that seat. So she decided to stay in politics and then it was all off to the races from there. And she's responsible for a lot of the gentrification of San Francisco. Uh, 
She was uh, super uh, tough on crime, aka right wing, punitive. You know, cracked down on uh, marijuana, cracked down like just she's fucking awful. She's been a shitty politician her whole life. She, um, when she was trying to vie for uh, the vice presidential nominee on the Mondale ticket when she when he ran against Reagan in 1980, uh, when she was still mayor of San Francisco, she put up a Confederate flag because she still wanted to she wanted to win over the support of the Dixiecrats still left in the party, aka the Southern Democrats the who were fuck? All, it's you know, a fuck fucking it's Reagan. fucking California. What the fuck? Well, that's what the, it wasn't for the benefit of California. No, it was I know. for the benefit it's, of the Dixiecrats just, to be like, hey. And by the way, not only did she put up the Confederate flag, uh, a bunch of uh, uh, people in the city, you know, black activists and white activists were like, hey, you fucking maniac. Uh, this is California. What are you doing? And they kept taking the flag down right. uh, and she kept ordering it put back up to the point where a protester uh, and I forget his name and I wish I, I had it down here, but he climbed the uh, pole at the flagpole and replace the confederate flag with the union battle flag you know the flag of the continental army mm-hmm. uh, aka the united states army right uh and feinstein had that flag taken down and shredded and put the confederate flag back oh up. wow so she's an anarchist basically she's gonna yeah, no, she, destroy she, the she's, she's a traitor to our country <laughs> literally a traitor to our country yeah. and by the way uh i, I love how that saga ended because those activists eventually got fed up and uh took a uh acetylene torch and cut the flagpole down nice. so she couldn't put the flag nice. back up <laughs> i love i love direct movie. action like but, that um, yeah uh, you know and that the, the photos of that were making the rounds this week and i sent it to my mother yeah. uh i took a screenshot off of twitter put it on facebook for what did she think of diane <laughs> feinstein but before all this who knows what, whatever rachel maddow says obviously and i i try not to like beat her over the head with stuff like that but i'll you know just once in a while send something like that her way and she uh she reacted to it to it with a um the facebook emoji that's like the shocked face like wow right like that one (laughs) and that was it so you know who knows if it sticks or not i don't know um you know, I said last week that my, yeah, my I goal think every little bit to, you chip away. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, in 2008, I was trying to be like, you know, Barack Obama might be a better option than Hillary Clinton. You know, just might want to consider it. And you know, the the response I got, not from her, but from my stepfather at the time, was, well, you know, he, who is he even? Where did he come from? Uh, I haven't donated to him before, and it was just like who the fuck cares like no one it's not so if you haven't donated to the like that that's what decides if a candidate is legitimate is whether you personally have donated to them or not like who thinks that way honestly um but then of course once barack obama was elected and he kind of talked about getting out of out of afghanistan which of course he didn't do uh my stepfather was like well no that's terrible because if we do and then things go badly uh republicans will hold it against us and I'm like, you, oh, you no. motherfucker, <laughs> you fucking didn't even start the war. You should fucking end it. And then if anything goes bad, say this is Bush's fault. Never should have fucking been there in the first place. This shit ain't on me. Right. Oh, no. The Republicans will yell at us. What will we ever do? Like right. that? But that's that's Democratic mentality for the last 40 years, which is why they're fucking per- perennial losers. But, uh, you know, one of the most endemic uh, pieces of that that ideology, one of the most endemic examples is Diane Feinstein. So this week, 
uh, a bunch of the uh, young activists from the Sunrise Movement or the Sunshine Movement, as she called them in a tweet before she realized her <laughs> mistake and deleted it. She's really on the ball. What is, it? What is um, it like the Green New Dream? I don't know what people call it. Whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Green Dream. <laughs> yeah. So these fucking geriatric. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they went to her office to say, "Hey, um, you know, number one, we really want you to support a Green New Deal because it's the only viable solution to this massive catastrophic problem of climate change that you've done nothing to address in the last thirty years, and now we have twelve years left to." take radical actions to save the fucking planet or well, save life on the planet. The planet's going to be fine. We're going to be all fucking dead. Um, and you know, Hey, why don't you do something about this? And on top of that, you know, you signed this pledge that we brought you during the campaign to not take money from fossil fuel companies. And you broke that pledge. So they came to show her both of those things. Um, and you know, I, I'm surprised she took the meeting, but, uh, her response was not ideal, uh, to say the least. So I'm going to play the audio from that, and then we'll talk okay. about it. We're standing at, asking for the new Green Deal, and we're trying to present this uh, letter that we've made to Senator Feinstein. We are trying to ask you to vote yes on the Green New Deal. Okay, I'll tell you what. We have our own Green New Deal piece of legislation. Well, we're, trying okay. to, we're trying to promote the Green New Deal. The, well, there are reasons why I can't, because there's no way to pay for it. Yes, there is. Well, That's we have tons of money, the money going to the military. Half of our, a lot of ours is going to the military. But we have come to a point where our Earth is dying, literally. And it is going to be a pricey and ambitious plan that is needed to deal with the magnitude of that issue and so we're here asking you to vote yes on the resolution for the green new deal because that is the only that resolution that will not pass the senate and you can take that back to whoever sent you here some scientists have said that we have 12 years to turn this around well it's not going to get turned around in 10 years what we can do senator if this doesn't get turned around in 10 years at the faces of the people who are going to be living with these consequences. The government is supposed to be for the people and by the people and all You know what's interesting about this group is I've been doing this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. You come in here and you say it has to be my way or the highway. I don't respond to that. I've gotten elected. I just ran. I was elected by almost a million votes plurality and I know what I'm doing so you know maybe people should listen a little bit I hear what you're saying but we're the people who voted you you're supposed to listen to us that's your How old are your you job How old I'm are 16 you, I can't well, you didn't vote. vote for me well, she, I'm she voted. Voted. it doesn't matter we're the ones who are going to be impacted it doesn't matter we're going to be the ones who are impacted I understand that I have seven grandchildren I understand it very well. Senator, the cost of and not taking this action is far higher than the cost of what the Green New Deal will be. And there is what? enormous popularity for this bill around okay. the whole country. Here's and we're asking you to be brave proposing. and do this for us and for your grandchildren. Here's what I do propose. And here is the resolution that I think has a chance to pass. So we'll give each of you a copy. You can take a look at it. And I'm trying to do the best I can, which was to write a responsible 
resolution. Any plan that, that doesn't take bold, transformative okay. action is not going to be what we need. Well, you know better than I do. So I think one day you should run for the Senate. Great. And then you do it your way. But by that time, in the meantime, by that time, there's going to be a big problem. I just won a big election. We will give you a resolution that's thoughtfully worked out, that has a chance of passing, and which does what you want. Can they read this to you, though? So I, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I know where to start. So the little the little girl who uh, has like the slight lisp, and she's like, "But we're giving so much money to the military." Like I just, <laughs> just that was amazing. That was, that was so amazing. cute. That was so cute. This whole this, that whole clip, and and there's a 15 minute video, and we'll talk about that a little later. But it, it's both upsetting and infuriating at the same time because it's like these kids are fucking the ones who are going to directly suffer the result of your fucking corruption and your pigheadedness about this issue. And they're smarter than fucking you are about the issue. And you're just telling them in their faces, like, fuck off you little. No, I I mean, it's, it's like Diane Feinstein feels like she's like the captain of the Titanic that sees an iceberg and says full speed ahead. And just hopes by the time she gets there, the iceberg is melted. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just so disgusting on so many levels. I mean, and and just the, the fucking arrogance, man, like of of Feinstein. This clip, you know, well, well, you didn't vote for me. Like, fuck, fuck you. Who the fuck cares? She didn't vote for you because she's not old enough to. And and saying, well, you didn't vote for me. It's like because she's fucking. Yeah, I I, I, and then I tweeted she this out. The fucking Hillary. Um, uh, earlier this week, that I, I wish those yeah. those little g- girls were cannibals and would have just skeletonized Diane Feinstein, <laughs> you know, just like piranhas, and just been like, you know what, we're hungry, we we haven't had a nap in in several hours, and we're hungry, so we're just gonna we're gonna um, you know take you down to the bones, and then we won't have to worry about your inaction anymore. And you know, I, she, I just, I, I don't even know. Sorry, again, she, she fucking pulled the Hillary Clinton move. Though, oh well, yeah. Why don't you, you go? You, you seem yeah. to know so much more than me. Why don't you? Maybe you should run for Senate one day. That was exactly the same as yeah. Well, you should run for something. It's just the fucking arrogance and entitlement of these motherfuckers who think that because they're in office, because they've sustained themselves in this corrupt. Yeah kleptocracy and, 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 of the system and, that they know better and then than everybody donut twitter came to defend her and say uh you know how she it. could she shouldn't have had to you know uh be assaulted by these disrespectful six-year-old kids it's just it's like what fucking where where are they where are these people that that's what they would take away from that 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 it's the children who are out of touch and not diane fucking feinstein you know she's just basically you know with a with a grim smile on her fucking on her face saying well that's you know the way it's been for 30 years is the only way i'm willing to do things and i'm not going to change a damn thing i mean she's a fucking climate denier we have known about climate change global caused by global warming because climate change is caused by global warming it's a cause and effect for over 30 years the fucking clip of Bernie. What did Bernie do back in 1988? He was in a classroom full of kids teaching them about climate change. Did you see that clip? Yeah. No, it was amazing. Yeah. It was, and, and it was like he um, just explained to those kids like in a really educational way where he didn't insult their intelligence. And all those kids knew what the fuck he was talking about. And, and it amazed me the, the climate literacy of these kids in the 80s because I was like, I don't think I learned about this shit in the 2000s in school because I came up, you know, yeah. in the George imagine Bush, if, no child left behind. Imagine if like, when the, those two black women uh, that 
came up on Bernie's stage back in like, I think it was like 2015 and pretty much took it over and took the mic and said, we got something to say. Um, imagine if Bernie had said, maybe you should listen more. Maybe you should listen. Imagine if he had said that, what the reaction would have been, you know. Yeah, and like wrench the microphone no, away from it would have been. It, yeah, forget about he, it. He, right, he would have been in the wrong for saying that. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think that like every political rally should be interrupted that way. But they had something important to say, and they went to him because they knew that he would be the most receptive. And he was. He let it. He let them have that mic and, and gave up that platform to them. Um, versus, you know, Na- Nancy Pelosi or, you know, or Dianne Feinstein, the way that or Hillary Clinton, the way they just talk down to kids and be like, oh, so you think you're so smart. Why don't you fucking go and run? It's like, you know, and, and did you did you hear, you know, the, the video where Hillary Clinton tells that young woman to go run for something herself uh, worked on Ilhan Omar's campaign? Yeah, I saw that, yeah. uh, which is which is another reason why they probably loathe Ilhan. <laughs> you know, they, they they found that out. Yeah, totally. uh, she worked on like her her city council or whatever, like just the earlier office she held, her state senate. Um, but and it's just the thing that amazed me is I saw this video and it was you know it, everyone had a visceral reaction to it. It was the number one trending topic. So I was like, all right, well nobody's going to defend this. I mean, this is beyond the fucking pale, right? Uh, almost immediately donut Twitter organized and fucking came to her defense in just the most disingenuous ways possible. I mean, they, they were like, Oh, well look this deceptively edited video. They started comparing the sunrise movement to fucking like James O'Keefe, that like Ver- project Veritas yeah. fucking guy, the, the one who literally what, what? deceptively edited videos of Planned Parenthood, <laughs> okay. that guy. They compared them to that. I just got to say this. Every video that has a start point and an end point was edited Unless you're watching a video of the entire existence of eternity, a video has been edited at some point. By the way, so they posted a two-minute video because they wanted it to make it shareable on Twitter. They also posted a link to the full 15-minute video. It was, it was from their Facebook live feed. It's not like they were fucking hiding it or deceptively editing it. They made it yeah, digestible for content. There's nothing deceptive. And it's it, not like Diane Feinstein in the final cut was like, I don't like children because they chopped up her fucking words <laughs> or something. <laughs> It, and literally, when I've watched the 15 minute cut, it's worse. She fucking scolds them and has this sense of entitlement for the full 15 minutes. Like, it doesn't make her look any better. People are like, oh, well, she wasn't hostile with them right away. Yeah, sure. She still said all the shit she said in that two minute clip. Doesn't fucking change what she said. No, no. It, it's just that that was the real Diane Feinstein that they extracted out of her after about 10 minutes of really pressing her on this issue. Um, but but it's just so disgusting. And this was really like the liberals version of um that fucking that that that, that MAGA uh shithead kid from Covington Catholic, where they're all like, Oh, well, that was a deceptive video. And if you look at this angle, it exonerate like that was like the liberals equivalent of that. It's like, no, it doesn't fucking change a thing. Like that video is just, you know, a really good uh encapsulation of the actual situation that occurred. Same with this. It's like you know, I, yeah, I, it was just so disgusting. And so the uh, fucking um, what's her name, Caitlin Flanagan in the Atlantic, uh, in, you know that that shit rag, wrote an article called "Diane Feinstein Doesn't Need a Do Over," and it contained one of the most preposterous lines in an article that I've ever seen in my entire life. So I, I felt I just wanted to read that that little paragraph that contained the line because I sure. could not believe that she was serious. But I read the article and she was serious. Uh, on Friday morning in San Francisco, the Sunrise Movement faced off against the Sunset Movement, which is also hilarious. Um, and the Sunset Movement won. 
it won big. A group of jackbooted tots. <laughs> what? <laughs> and jackbooted tots and aggrieved teenagers showed up at the local office of Diane Feinstein. This is from the Onion. Five right? years old this and has holding. to be from the Onion. <laughs> With the intention of teaching her about climate change and demanding that she that she vote for a Green New Deal, a group of jackboot. Can you imagine writing the phrase "jackbooted tots" and then not like immediately jumping out of your 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 fifteenth floor studio apartment window in New York City? Like, what the fuck? I don't think has to. They don't. They don't let you open the windows in fifteenth floor uh, studio condos. (laughs) By the way, Um, you got to pay extra for that. Yeah. Can you imagine the mental pretzels you have to twist yourself into to fucking support this monster? It's just it's not designed to be taken seriously, but it is designed to be mocking. That's what that that's what that phrase is doing there. But she legitimately believed that those kids she 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 criticized the kids in the article, like saying that they were plants and that they were trained. It's like, no, they were educated about the fucking corruption of people like Dan Feinstein and how they're killing the planet so that they won't have a hospitable it's, place to live on in fucking 15 right. years. And the, it's and the like, thing is like I and I've seen this reaction before because I've gone into rooms of people who were basically climate change denying Democrats and confronted them. And they're still mm-hmm. just like clutching their pearls. Like, well, I never like, why you, why aren't you confronting the Republicans? It's like, because you're doing the same thing as them. And you're the ones that pretend to care. Those motherfucking, the, the GOP does not care. They're blatant and open about their climate change denialism. You are not, you're supposed to do something because you're claiming that it's something must be done, but you won't do anything. Right. So that's why you're yeah. getting confronted by actual leftists. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just I, I was so disgusted by that. And I'm like, this is this is why. I mean, people don't pay attention to fucking primaries. And it's like Diane Feinstein just ran in a primary in the bluest fucking state in America and beat a bunch of decent progressives in the primary and beat Kevin DeLeon, who was another Democrat. Uh, who was to her left. I mean, he wasn't great, but he was to her left in the general election because they have that, like, you know, that jungle primary system. Mm. And it's like, people need to wake the fuck up and pay attention to this shit because these people are fucking awful conservatives and they're they're masquerading uh, behind, they, they use this fucking, uh, you know, respectability politics and this politics of experience to mask the fact that they're a bunch of fucking neocons and, you know, conservatives. And it's just disgusting. So I hope that this opens people's eyes up to the types of shit that the establishment Democrats have been getting away with for decades. Yeah, I mean, and I think every little it, thing like everyone, this opens up another group of people's eyes. Like I really do. I, I don't know if it does. I don't think it matters, though, because as long as more people like AOC, Rashida, Ilhan, Alana um, keep getting elected, people are going to go, this is the norm. They may not even realize that we haven't had this as the norm, but this is going to be the expectation going forward is that we have people in Congress like that. Right. And just wait till AOC starts endorsing primary challengers, progressive primary challengers to these people. Like they're going to lose their shit because they know that her endorsement carries a lot of weight. I know. I'm still, I'm I still don't know. She's going to really endorse a lot yet. It it may be a while before she really endorses people. I know she wants to get established, (laughs) uh, at least in, in so far as she's doing the work that she's doing before she really starts being like, Oh, well I've been here six months. I can start, you know, putting my name behind people. Uh, You know, it's kind of like, you know, do, do the job for a little while longer before you really throw that clout around. Um, yeah, but it's still, we, I, we talked before yeah. about when the right time to endorse Bernie 
would be. And I, and I understand yeah, she yeah, wants yeah. to hold off for a while. Uh, it, it's just, it's, yeah, I mean, she did go out and campaign with uh, that that guy running out in Iowa. So it's not like she waited till she was elected to even really throw her weight behind somebody. So I don't know. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Well, we'll <laughs> see. I, I I think she's I think she's she's got good people on her staff. So I think hopefully they'll convince her to do the right thing in that sense and not play it safe. But we'll see. I mean, you know, there's time a lot of time before the 2020 elections where there's going to be a lot of seats, not just the presidency where it's going to be really important to have endorsements of people like AOC for a lot of these progressive primaries that are going to be coming up. So we'll see what happens, but um, you know, it's again, we gotta, we gotta get a real green new deal. I know it's not going to happen as long as Dianne Feinstein's alive, but Dianne Feinstein won't always be alive. You know, She's, no, she's she's gonna fucking, fucking die. Seven years old. I mean, she's <laughs> yeah. Some people like a Bernie scratching at death's Bernie's door. Bernie's seventy five. It's like Diane Feinstein. <laughs> Are you kidding? So this is one of yeah. these things, real quick, that I hate when people say. Yeah. And and you kind of said it, but I don't know if you meant it the same way. I think about it is people say, well, the the planet will be fine. It's just us that's gonna die. That's not true, because if we really have a massive ecological collapse. Um, the earth has bounced back from previous collapses, right? But not one that was caused by, you know, by capitalism, right? It's very easily, we could very easily have a collapse that shuts down everything because we're doing it on a level that's affecting every ecosystem simultaneously, not just everything above the ocean and not just everything below the ocean, right? If, if we're collapsing both everything above the ocean and below the ocean at the same time that could kill everything forever. And we could become a dead rock in space, no, uh, yeah. right? And a dead rock well, in no, space exactly. is not the earth surviving without us. That's, that's just, we killed everything. So, well, when I say that, I don't mean literally that the planet will be fine. Like everything other than humans will be fine. I, I mean, we will make life inhospitable, inhospitable for life on the planet. Right. If then, anything will be the last you know, the man standing, exist, it'll be, a, we're not going to, you know. yeah, it'll be a dead rock in space and you'll have a few people left in fucking marked. tunnels and, and we'll go, Oh look, we saved humanity and we killed everything else. On Honestly, <laughs> I, I think there's a lot to the, the idea that Mars once did contain, you know, habitable life. I mean, there's a lot of evidence in terms of like the, sure, the canals sure. and the things that like it, it had running water and greenery and it's just like, right. We could, so the, you know, the reason, now, the only reason why there's not really, you know, life on Mars right now is because there's, there's the atmosphere is too thin. Right. And what do you need to, to hold an atmosphere to a planet so it doesn't get blasted away with solar winds is you need a really strong electromagnetic field to protect the atmosphere. And the way you get a strong electromagnetic field is having a, a molten core planet where the crust is turning faster than the core. And that creates a, a, a gyro of, of electromagnetism that protects the atmosphere. Mars doesn't have that. There's no reason they can't, but they don't have that anymore. The, the core of Mars solidified. And without that that gyro between the molten core and the crust, the electromagnetic field fell apart and subsequently the atmosphere was blown away. You know, the the, the yeah. thing I hate about the movie uh, The Martian is they show this fucking huge storm show up and like, you know, they have to flee and it fucking destroys everything. The, the air is so thin on Mars that a 200 mile an hour wind wouldn't even ruffle your hair. Right. So that's like the one part of the movie that's completely fucking like just makes me laugh every time I watch Bullshit. it. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, and the only the reason, but there are like constant hurricanes going on on the surface of Mars. But True. like even a, even a hurricane wouldn't wouldn't it, it really it do barely much, moves yeah. the dust around. Yeah, because the air is just so thin. Yeah. Um, whereas on Jupiter, the air is so thick that the storms go on for five thousand years, right? Because the atmosphere is so <laughs> yeah. so thick. But the, you know, do you know what the reason is that we have? such a strong uh, gyro between our molten core and our, our solid crust. Do you know why? It's no, because no, no. of our fucking moon. Because our moon is so big and so close, that gravity is constantly yeah. pulling and constantly making, you know, the crust move. You know, it's it's not just that. It's other things. But it's, you know, it, it, and the thing is, like, our moon is gradually moving away. It's like a couple inches every year, right? And it has been for mm-hmm. billions of years, right? Um, so eventually we... You know, we, we may not be around forever, obviously, from our own ecological collapse. But when people talk about the moon in very um, astrological terms, and I'm like, do you really know much about the actual astronomy of the moon and the things it really does? And they don't know anything about it, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, like literally all life on this planet is because of how big and how close our moon is. That's that's the thing that creates the gyro, that creates the protection of the atmosphere through electromagnetism that allows for life to exist on this planet. And I don't even know if Neil deGrasse Tyson's talks about that kind of stuff that much. You know, it's really, we have a symbiotic relationship with another dead rock and that's why we have life on earth. I think that's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. Did you, um, which actually reminds me that there was a, I'm looking up the article now there. One of the solutions that, that some like right wingers proposed to, or or it might've even been some scientists proposed to fix climate change was like blowing up the moon. Oh my God. (laughs) Did you ever see? No, but like, no, (laughs) that's fucking. Oh no. So I I just Googled it. Apparently the U S planned to blow up the moon to win the cold war. Um, my God. That's just, you know, we're, we're the stupid, we, we deserve to be wiped out. Like we're, let's be real. We, we don't you know deserve to, to fucking survive as a species. If you blew up the moon, the moon would land on earth over the course of the next <laughs> 70 million years. Do you know that? That's uh, you blow up a fucking rock that big in space, that close to us. It would be raining down meteors uh, for the next million, you know, for a million I mean, years we'd be. Not to mention. <laughs> Who knows what the fuck that would do? I mean, that would probably cause a, 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 a civilization-ending hurricane event, like to 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 throw off the oh, tides that much. No, like well, I can't imagine so, what that would do so to the ocean. You know, okay. So the reason why we have an asteroid belt is because one of Jupiter's moons exploded, a large one, or a planet that was between Mars yeah, and Jupiter, know, that and one. that explosion yeah. that created the asteroid belt also uh, created the the chunk of the fucking thing that knocked out the dinosaurs, right? That's the theory, at least, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, we used to have yeah. two moons. Actually, did you know that Earth had that. two moons, no. and That's they really they cool. eventually um, collapsed into each other. They collided, uh, and and that happened well before the dinosaurs. This happened um, very early on in Earth geological terms. We're talking like the first two billion years of Earth. Um, so yeah, there used to be two moons in the sky and they crashed at 5,000 miles an hour, they believe, which 5,000 miles an hour, like, holy shit, that's really fucking fast. But it's, it's still in celestial terms, so slow that it would have been almost yeah, no, imperceptible so to the eye, <laughs> which I think is pretty amazing. When, I mean, when you're talking in terms of light years, I mean, 5,000 miles no, an hour is fucking that, like, that, that'd be like, you're like pace. sitting there watching it. Like, I don't see anything. I don't see anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess there's just one moon now. <laughs> <laughs> so i this is i mean i'm not like a huge you know astronomy buff or maybe i am and just don't know it but this shit fascinates me because it like 
yeah um well even the yeah, cosmos yeah, series too, is I on agree. one level where it's like oh that's interesting and galileo discovered one thing but there's all these other things that people are discovering now are are fucking cause you know the things we're st- discovering now are the theories of what it happened in the past that we know of now that get like no publicity that we probably won't even know about as common knowledge in the 20 years are fucking mind-blowing to me yeah no me too absolutely well uh that about does it for uh, Star Talk Radio this week. <laughs> but uh, you've been a no, um, no yeah. but uh, yeah. So uh, I think that about does it for us this week. Uh, but you, uh, if you want to support the show, you can do it in a couple ways. Obviously, the uh, most important and easiest way is to share the podcast out on your social media feeds. Uh, of course, you can rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts that helps us out uh helps people hear us you can also follow us on soundcloud uh and listen to our archives over there soundcloud.com slash move left uh we are on facebook facebook.com slash move left idiots uh we are on uh, patreon if you want to support the show that way patreon.com slash move left or if you want to pick up some merch you can go uh to uh tinyurl.com slash move left merch uh we are on twitter i'm at move underscore left i i'm also at move underscore left i i don't know how that happened but very confusing uh yeah yeah. (laughs) no i uh currently at chaos riot 1871 which is the year of the paris commune yeah and we will see you next week